You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. A little technical difficulty there on the video side, hopefully. We get that rectified for next week. It's probably on my side. Uh, We are on the audio-only stream, so go to TuneIn Radio. Matt, no, don't leave. Don't leave, Matt. Go to the audio stream. The audio stream's great. You can still have fun in the chat room. It'll be like the show was always meant to be. We got a huge show coming up. It's all about the American Royal. We have Lauren Hill coming up at 914 to talk about winning the Invitational side. We have Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy coming up at 935 to recap his experience at the American Royal. We have... Um, Steve Nelson from Grills Gone Wild, Iowa, to talk about winning the open side. And Mike McLeod at 1035 will finish it out. So looking forward to talking with those gents. Again, an abridged open. I apologize. Had a lot to get to, but got to make sure that things are still intact and that we are on our way. We'll see what happens. 
Folks, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mag Pellet Grills in the world, Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship ruds. They did really well in the Royal, that's right. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition. Don't think that BPS can just be pigeonholed in competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known, they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. With four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs have proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa's is also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue will form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farm shipped right to your door. From the American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the double R ranch meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market, Big Papa Smokers also recently added a few new barbecue sauces to their lineup, like Swamp Boys barbecue sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce, just to name a few of the new kids on the block this season. Big Papa's also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only five years of being in the business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Oh, yeah, just the beginning. We're back with the winner of the American Royal Invitational, getting the recap. From the King, Lauren Hill. You're listening and watching the bar, well, mostly listening. The Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Stick around, we'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Two ways to get in touch with me, should you see fit tonight, this portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500 grand in cash to be won. The next stop this coming weekend, it's it. The finals, baby, in Bentonville, Arkansas. We're going to crown a champion of the nation. To find out more about the Sam's Club Barbecue Series and the check results, you can visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. Wow, can't believe we are culminating. We'll have Mike McLeod 
to talk about that at 10.35 tonight. My first guest tonight competed at the American Royal this past weekend and on the invitational side decided to go ahead and, well, just win the whole damn thing. So here to recap it is the pitmaster of the Smokin' Hills, the American Royal Invitational winner, Lauren Hill, joining me here on the show. Lauren, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing excellent, Greg. How about yourself? Absolutely fabulous, Lauren. I can't imagine most. I can't imagine a lot of people are doing much better than you, given the results of this past weekend. And we're certainly going to delve into that during the segment tonight. So, I guess as, as you kind of look back before the competitions even start, when you're loading in, and and maybe even let's back up from there, get a little bit more high level for the folks that aren't familiar with the American Royal or just might be kind of getting into the competition realm. In your estimation, how does the American Royal rank on a weekend compared to you know a number of the other competitions during the course of a season? Oh, Greg, there's there's absolutely no comparison. When you look at the legends that have won the American Royal, and to be able to join that group of people, I mean, it is incredible. And the word ceremony, you know, when they call this grand champion, the cheers, the high fives. And walking down onto that field where you've got 14 other of the top cookers in the country and you walk right past them and up on the stage. I mean, it was an incredible feeling. And in the reception, when we hit the field, I mean, we had the Darren Wirths of the world, the Tuffy Stones of the world, all giving us hugs and congratulating us. I mean, what, what an extreme feeling that was. Lauren, when you uh, start to load in, I guess, you know, one of the things that was new this year is that it hasn't been at Arrowhead Stadium before. It's a new venue. How do you I mean for somebody who's been to the American Royal a number of times and, and kind of used to the old guard and the old setup and the dark side and all that other stuff, how did you find the new setting versus the old one? Well I know I know everybody was a little apprehensive about moving at Arrowhead because it, it did lose a lot of the the flavor the old place had. But you know, when we pulled in there it was a lot more wide open space. Uh, and actually, it was an incredible venue. Yeah, they had a few hiccups for the first year that they'll get worked out. But overall, I think by the end of the weekend, everybody was very, very satisfied with the new venue. Do you find logistically that it was a lot easier to access because it is you know, a little bit more open than the old place? Yeah, I mean, for, for the competitors, it definitely was. You know, I know there was some some concerns of some of the the visitors coming out Friday and Saturday night as far as backups on the freeway and so forth. But for the competitor, it was much, much better. Lauren Hill joining me here on the show from the Smoking Hills American Royal Invitational winner uh, 2016 or 2015 this just past weekend. All right. So, uh, Lauren, take me through the weekend. Uh, When do you guys load in? Are you a Thursday load in, a Friday load in? Uh, We were actually we loaded in on Thursday morning. And you just and get, I mean, you get right you know, up to, was, to prep and it stuff? It was the, t- the, the typical prep and typical yeah. load for a contest, but obviously we had to do double everything since we were done both the Invitational and the Open. Uh, but we, we had a really, really good feeling about this weekend when we loaded and headed out there on Thursday morning. Uh, one of our fellow competitors that everybody knows, Darren Warth, I mean – he basically said it's all, all, all in the mind. Not all in the mind, but a lot of it's in your attitude going in. Because I'd ask him, I said, Darren, how do you, how do you finish top five every year at the Royal? And he's like, well, it's, it's all your mindset. So, I mean, we got in the motorhome on Thursday morning. We headed out there, and Cheryl and I looked at each other and said, we're going to go win this thing. 
and lo and behold, it happened. So when you start to get going, you know, Friday night into Saturday as you start to make your way towards turn-ins, is it a normal day of operation for you guys? Are there anything uh, weather-wise, people-wise, crowd-wise that pops up during your uh, cook that you have to contend with that you didn't really expect? No, actually, it was it was like a, a normal day at a contest. For turn-ins, as you get ready, chicken's always first, and you start to build from there. Do you feel that you have, you know, a really good chicken product, a really good pork product, a really good ribs product, and uh, and a brisket product for the course of the day, or do you find that, you know, in a lot of cases when I'm doing this show, the pitmasters would tell me, man, you know, it was average, it wasn't really anything to write home about, but once it gets in front of the judge, it's gangbusters, and all of a sudden they're taking the walk for grand champion. Uh, same for you guys, where you have, you know, like, yeah, it was okay, but nothing that really blew your socks off? Well, I mean, generally at a contest, if we think we've done really, really well, and even in the past Royals we've competed when we thought we turned in really good food, that's when we didn't do so well. But for some reason on Saturday, everything we turned in was was way above what we thought would be good enough. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. In fact, when I headed out of the trailer with brisket, Cheryl was almost in tears because it, it was probably the best cook we've had in five years, Greg. When you are turning your meats in, are you a team that is continually evaluating the flavor profiles before you close the box and run it? Do you taste chicken and, and all the other meats, or have you done it so long, as long as you're hitting your marks in time and and pit temperature, you don't really worry too much about where the flavor profiles are at the end. No, actually, I mean, Cheryl's the taste tester for the team, and, and I mean, I couldn't do it without her. I mean, she'll taste every category, and, you know, some are more critical than others, like ribs. you got, you got to pick the, the best two slabs or slab of ribs that you have. You know, chicken, at that point in time, it's pretty much what it is, but the the ribs pork and brisket i mean she'll taste the pork and and season it a little bit if it needs to do and make any little changes we need to make lauren hill joining me here on the show from the smoking hills talking about the big win at the american royal invitation this past weekend uh, lauren i mean in in a normal competition you know you might see 50 60 maybe 70 teams are certainly some events that you would see a little bit higher numbers but on the average you know you're probably in that 50 60 range or so when you're in this type of a scenario where it's like 187 teams or so, and every one has had to win an event to get the invitation and show up, I mean, it's a little bit different field. Everybody's kind of high level, high caliber. Is there at all trepidation? You said you were very confident going in. You were coming in to win, obviously, uh, and you do. But, I mean, is there still kind of that uh, whole nervous, giddy feeling when you're going up against what is really the, the best of the best during the course of the year? Yeah, you know, Greg, I mean, I, I can honestly say that, you know, really wasn't any more nervous at this contest than any other one. You kind of got to treat it like a normal contest. You can't get all all hyped up about it being the American Royal. So, I mean, we, we just treated it like a normal contest and kind of went into it that way. So as you are going through the overall call outs and uh luckily there was a that were kind of streaming it live through various applications so a lot of us were able to kind of uh, watch it 
live from wherever we were in the world uh, if we weren't able to, to be at Arrowhead Stadium there. Uh, when you are called for overall champion, kind of the lead up, the second, uh, third place, second place, and, and ultimately you guys, you know, it gets to a third place, a second place. Do you think at all that you have a shot? Have you been wildly keeping track of kind of where everybody is and trying to do the math, or is there just too many teams to, to really kind of do that? Well, yeah, there's there's way too many teams, Greg, and, you know, we didn't have a pork call and uh, actually had people congratulating us before the before the grand champion call. And it's like, you know, we could have been dead last in pork and finished 17th, 20th, 50th. So, so you never know, and, you know, it, it's really hard to tell in that caliber of cooks and that many teams. So when your name is called, is it uh... – is it more of a surprise? Uh, I mean, obviously elation and, and the tears and the high fives, as you said, but I mean, is it just kind of like out of left field? Well, I mean, obviously you think sometimes in the back of the, your head, yeah, we probably got it. But I mean, it's, it's, it, especially at the American Royal, it's a feeling like you can't even imagine. So you win overall, you get the walk down, you get the crown, you get the cape, you get to sit on the throne. It's it's all good stuff. However, you have to turn, you don't have to, but you turn around and you're going to do the open uh, the very next day. So how much time do you get to enjoy what just happened before you go right back into competition mode for the open, which by the way, it has almost six times the amount of teams you just faced. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we we had plenty of time that evening to go around and visit. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, we, we just switched over to the gateway drums this year. And so we don't have to get up and start cooking until 6 o'clock in the morning now. And so that makes a big difference. So we, we went out and visited tons of people, uh, got to go backstage of the concert there, uh, meet Big and Rich, I mean, we enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed the evening, but we still made it to bed about midnight and was back up at 6 o'clock in the morning to start to cook. How did you find the uh, the the open results as compared to Invitational? Similar cook or uh, not at the same caliber? Well, it was, it was a very similar cook other than chicken. I struggled with the chicken, didn't have the, the cooker quite hot enough, and, and so we were running way behind. And, I mean, we ended up 523rd in chicken, so... You know what can what can you do about that? Yeah, that's a it's a little different, right? Yeah, exactly. Lauren Hill joining me here on the show, talking about the big invitational win this past weekend. So, going out of the weekend, looking back here, you know, a couple days removed, and I guess for the folks that don't know, Lauren, how long have you and Cheryl been uh, competing? Uh, we actually started competing in. It was either 2006, 2007, Greg, and, you know, typical barbecue team, we started with five the first year, 10 the second year, then gradually increased that number to now, you know, we're doing 20 to 30 contests a year. All right, so you're, you're on definitely on the higher end when you're looking at a number of the teams that are out there right now, and you just said you kind of grew into it. So looking back, you know, 2006, 2007, it's kind of in that, you know, eight to nine year range that you've been in it so far. Is it easy for me to say that this is by far the biggest win that you've had in the in the competition career, or is it the first win that's always the biggest that you ever had? Where does it kind of fit amongst all of them? No, this this is by far the, the, the biggest win ever in the career. I mean, it, it still hasn't really sank in, 
I mean, it, it was funny because I ran into Tuffy Stone on Saturday night, and he says, Lauren, he says, I'm sure, sure it hasn't sunk in yet, but he says, when you wake up in that motor home tomorrow morning and you look at the trophy, you look at the check, the, you look at the crown and the robe, he says, then it'll start sinking in. And boy, was he right. When you start to go away from Arrowhead Stadium after the Open, and are, are you guys doing uh, Sam's final this year or, or did you not do Sam's this year? No, well, we we cooked the the local and Sam's, but unfortunately, we I think we finished ninth, so we did not transfer out of the local. All right, so uh, you guys are back uh, back at headquarters right now, then. Yeah, we're we're back in Overland Park and uh, relaxing. I think we've got three more contests to go this year, and then we'll look on to next year. In regards to to cooking, I mean, you, you take stock of we're in. Geez, I mean, we're almost in, in the middle of October, believe it or not. Here, uh, so the year is kind of uh, quickly evaporating, uh, wildly coming to a close. How does the Smoke and Hills competition season of 2015 rank? Uh, if you were to hold this past weekend, where do you rank it, and then how do you rank it after this past weekend? Well, I mean, this, this past weekend was definitely the highlight of our year. Uh, we've kind of struggled throughout the year. Uh, I mean, we, we, we basically, I got to a mode where, you know, taking some classes and cooked with some other cooks and it was a matter of changing up everything we do. So I I learned very quick that you can't change everything you do and still stay consistent. So three to four weeks ago, we went back and started doing primarily what we've always done with a few changes. I mean, what we've done over the past few years. And and that's when it actually started coming back to life. So, you know, when you go back to the, the rubs and sauces and so forth that you trust, uh, that was our turning point back to, to, to doing well again. Whose cooking class do you take? Well, actually, we've had three cooking classes. Uh, the first one we took was Rod Gray's class, Peladindi, which, I mean, was phenomenal. Uh, all three classes have been phenomenal. We took Kelly Wirtz's class, I believe it was two to three years ago. And then earlier this year, we took a Gateway Barbecue Store class, which, I mean, the thing about classes, you, you get something out of each one, and they'll all help your cook. And regardless of what you cook on, I mean, you know, when we took Gateway's class early in the year, we, we weren't cooking on Gateway drums. We didn't start cooking on the drums till March of this year. But, you know, we got we got a lot out of the class. Lauren, I think maybe one of the, the key takeaways here is th- there might be an assumption that when you've been doing it for five, six, seven, eight, nine years that you are set in your way and that you have a program that works and that's the way you're going to do it. But you're actively taking classes, uh, you know, from, from top guys, and it's not just new people that are trying to really ramp up and win quick. You're just trying ahead and, and keep fresh, right? Yeah, and, and one thing you learn, Greg, I mean, you'll get, even for an experienced team, you'll pick up one or two or three or maybe even four or five pointers out of each class that you can incorporate to your cook. Lauren Hill from the Smokin' Hills, winner of the American Royal Invitational, joining us here for a few more minutes. Uh, Lauren, as you look back, you know, at 2007 and 2008, what were you doing, or, or perhaps a better question is, when you look at what you're doing now, when you look back 
all those years ago. What surprises you the most as what you're doing now as just, you know, playing program versus what you're doing back then? Consistency. Yeah, I, I think it's more the consistency, Greg. I mean, obviously, the more you do something, the, the better you're going to get. I mean, you know, it's it's really tough for a team cooking three to four contests a year to stay on top of their game, where if if we cook four weeks in a row by the fourth week, we're on it. If we take three weeks off, then we tend to, to struggle a little bit that next contest. So it's just the consistency. I mean, it, it's like clockwork when Cyril and I have done three weeks in a row and we're in that motor home. We don't even have to talk to each other. We know exactly what each person is doing and what needs to be done. Are you surprised that these higher end meets have really kind of gained popularity and seem to become more or less the norm uh, versus, you know, what you guys were using six, seven years ago? Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely the, the higher end briskets has made a big impact, but, but I can honestly say, you know, as far as chicken ribs and pork, I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of off the shelf deal. Uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to live in Overland Park. We've got, you know, the, the the one of the biggest meat suppliers in Kansas City for barbecue teams right up the road, Keith Sisk at Price Chopper. And then, you know, we've got the Kansas City Barbecue Store, which you know is right there for us to buy all our rubs and supplies. Lauren, where are you guys going to be competing at next? Uh, the, the next contest is down in Parsons, Kansas, and then after that will be Osawatomie. And then it looks like we're probably now going to sign up for the World Food Championships as well. What, what do you think about World Food Championships? I mean, it's going to be the third year. Uh, they've moved out of Vegas and uh, Kissimmee, Florida. Is that a, an event that you're surprised to see grow as rapidly as it has over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, and, and we've actually competed there two of the last three years. And, I mean, the venue out there on Fremont Street in Las Vegas was, was incredible. And there's no doubt in my mind that the one out there in Kissimmee, Florida, will be just as well. But it will be nice to see see more teams and a little bigger comp. And, I mean, that's when we you need to put your game on and go for it. Lauren Hill is the pitmaster of the Smokin' Hills. Uh, him and his wife, Cheryl, they are the uh, 2015 American Royal invitational winners. Lauren, really appreciate the time and the recap tonight. Thanks so much for doing it. Okay, thank you very much, Greg. You got it. There he is. Mr. American Royal and Mrs. American Royal, Lauren and Cheryl Hill from the Smoking Hills. Congratulations to them. Again, if you're not familiar with competition barbecue and who's in it and who's not, uh, Smoking Hills have been around for you know, probably going on nine years now. Uh, I met them in person. Man, it'll be... Man, will it be three years ago? Oh, my... The first smoking at the run in Miami, Oklahoma. Hope to be back there in this coming March. So, yeah, they've been doing it a long time. Seen a lot of things. So, couldn't happen to a better pair of people winning it. The Invitational... Winners at the American Royal. You know who else was at the American Royal? Chops Power Injector System. Dan Uladal and the gang. This is the National Barbecue Association's Tool of the Year of 2015. Three awesome sizes to fit your needs. The number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System. It's designed for the competition or to pump up the backyard warrior like me. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. 
If you just got one brisket or a pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it up all the way. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with a 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, the free plug screws, a needle protector. Ships to you for $100 plus the shipping. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system designed for the bigger cater jobs. It will hold double the amount of the injection of the half-gallon size. People who like to use this for the MBN whole hog, maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. This is the one for you. It comes with a 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. $120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. How about this one? The newest one is the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric, and it's the commercial and competition big daddy. This is not a holding tank. No, no. It's a three-and-a-half-foot uh, three pickup tube that you can put in any size container. That's right. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed originally for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that the Chops Full Power Injector System has made his briskets better than ever. It comes with three metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch 12-gauge needles, 2-inch 11.5-gauge needles, three plug screws, a needle protector. It's 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pit masters in the world use the Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Because here's the thing. We live in a foodie world now. It requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and how you do it fast. And it's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or pineapple or whatever you can think of? It can do that, too. Every injector is hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories if you want them. They got them. Want to shoot medium-ground spices? They have you covered for that. They have two, three, and four-inch 12-gauge needles. They also have two-inch clothes tips, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from plugging up the needle with fat. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They got everything you want. Chops Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com. Dan Uladal will be on the show on the 20th of this month. We're back with Ray Lampy right after this. Stick around. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about some of the medium size? They got you covered there, too. Tailgates? Yeah, they got small ones. They can also supply you with those wood pellets to keep it fired. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love mine. You could love yours as well. Get to the website, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, joining me in his uh, almost normal second, sorry, first Tuesday of the month, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy for the X Dr. Barbecue segment. Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How about you? Absolutely fabulous, Ray. Appreciate you uh, making time for the show tonight. Obviously, a road warrior over the past uh, number of days here uh, with the American Royal and uh, so forth. So, you know, I just had Lorne Hill from the Smoking Hills on talking about their win in the Invitational side. And, you know, from your perspective, Ray, how does the American Royal Invitational stack up to some of the best? or uh, more popular competitions during the course of a year? No, to me, there's no competition. It is the best period. Uh, 
because they have room for everybody. You know, and what can you say? I, it's, you know, the luck of the draw and all that. I respect the whole Jack Daniels thing, but I, how can you say that's a better contest than one where, where everyone is welcome? And it's kind of in the middle of the country. You know, if you don't come there, well, that's your problem. All the winners are invited. I don't think there's any competition, which is the the best competition of the year. That's it. When you have 187 teams out there trying to win, to come out all on top. Champions. All grand champions. Yeah, all grand champions. I mean, that really says something. Whether you're putting just one really great cook together because that's what it takes when you're up against all of those winners. Uh, that's really uh, quite an achievement, not just for a year, but kind of for a career. Oh, yeah. Like like Lauren was saying, I mean, that's it. It changes his whole career. He's now an American Royal winner, man. There's there's nothing bigger than that. Um, I was thinking about today, too. You know, I wonder how many teams won multiple contests because there's a whole lot more than 187 contests. There's a whole lot of multiple winners in there, too. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Ask drbbq.com if you have questions you'd like us to answer when he's on once a month. You can visit Ray's website, drbbq.com. Otherwise... Uh, Ray, you were out there, you know, kind of your your take on the American Royal this year. Obviously, it moved out of its old uh, stomping grounds and over to Arrowhead Stadium. You know, from somebody who's, you know, been there, you know, a number of years in a row and kind of seeing the American Royal grow at one place to move it to another. You know, your thoughts on that. What do you think? Yeah, I first went in 1995, so I haven't gone every year, but this would be 21 if I had. <clears throat> I went to most of them. You know, it was very different, but. I liked it. I, I seem it's uh, the problem is it's unfamiliar. You know, the other place I knew where everybody was at some point, I would take my journey around the dark side and I knew where all my friends were swing by and say hi to them. You know, this year I missed a lot of people just because I didn't really know where they were. Yeah. I had a map and I could try to find them and stuff, but that didn't happen. You know, it was, it's just unfamiliar. Um, Judging, I judged the Invitational this year. I didn't know where that was. I had to go find it and see where it was. I didn't know where the stage was till they walked us over there. And it's just so it's just unfamiliar. But the one thing I thought about it was, you know, we've given up the the charm of the bottoms. I don't know if you ever went, but it's just it was a really interesting grounds for the whole thing. Um, a little bit funky, you know. It was just it had a lot of character to it. That's for sure. And we gave all that up. However, we were standing right outside of Arrowhead Stadium and the baseball stadium or whatever it's called. So, you know, we had a whole new cool thing going on. Um, I think we're going to forget about the bottoms pretty soon. I had asked Lauren, and he kind of agreed that logistically for the competitors, much easier to kind of get in and out. You saw the same thing? Yeah, and it will be only get better because – it was easier because there's just room and there's a place to drive around the whole thing. And But this year, we didn't even really know what lot G was, what lot F was. Next year, we all know what that is. You know, maybe the local guys do from going to Chiefs games or something. But but even with even not being familiar with that, it, we, it was a whole lot easier. So, yeah, and it, it's only going to get better. I think it's – yeah, I think logistically there's no question it's a way better situation. So what were you doing there? Were you out there doing the big green egg thing? Were you just kind of walking around and seeing what's what? What was uh, Dr. Barbecue doing out there? I was on – well, I went in general to see everybody, but on Friday I cooked some steaks for the Kansas City Steak Company. They asked me to go to their, their sponsors of some radio, sports radio talk thing, and I went over there and spent a couple hours cooking steaks with them, uh, which was good. It kept me out of the liquor too early. Um, so I did that for a while, and then we went to the Operation Barbecue Party – and had a great time, saw a lot of people, a lot of fun over there. Um, and then Saturday I judged the Invitational, and Sandy judged the Kids' Cue. 
And then Saturday evening, I had the honor of introducing Ed Fisher, the, the founder of Big Green Egg, as he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. That was Saturday evening? Yeah. And then I got out of there. All right, so let me ask you this, uh, and I'm glad you kind of segued over into the Hall of Fame because I was wondering what, I your, you uh, <laughs> what your take on that. I mean, it, it seems, I, I, well, I guess even Friday night wouldn't make a difference. I mean, is it well attended to, to have those people? I mean, that seems like it would be almost a kind of an odd time where people might want to start turning around to, to get it ready for the competition the next day. Yeah, it's tough. There's no good time for yeah. the competitors, you know. I, the guys that are on the other side, it, it, there is no good time. I believe this was the biggest crowd I've seen in attendance. Now, are they there for the Hall of Fame? Are they lined up from big and rich? Do they just happen to be walking by? I don't know. But there was probably there was hundreds of people in front of us, and then more like a little further back. We're in a lot. There was a lot of people around, so it wasn't as last year was a little bit uncomfortable because there was like hardly anybody there. There was more people there than there was in the past. Why they were there, I don't know, but it, it, you know, I wish I had a suggestion for a better time to do it, uh, but I don't. Who was the pitmaster that won in this year? Paul Kirk. Oh, right, your buddy. Um, so I, now I have buried the hatchet with Paul when we did the Meet the Masters thing at the in his back. Association. <laughs> no, I I declared that I would be nice. Um, Paul hasn't really joined in on that so far, but well, but, right. Hold uh, on a second. Let me back. Let me back you up here for a second. Like, what's the deal with you guys? <laughs> I picked a fight with him years ago when he was uh, won seven world championships, and and I couldn't quite understand when what they were. And I picked a fight with him and asked him to name them. And I still haven't seen a list that that I think is a good list, but whatever. I, like I said, I got to quit. I'm going to start being nice to him. So, all right, fair enough. Um, so uh, Ed Fisher goes in for Big Green Egg. Paul Kirk goes in as pitmaster. Stephen Reichlin goes in as the uh, the celebrity uh, portion. Well, what do you think about those choices, Greg? You've oh, always been very critical. Yeah. I want to hear what you think. I mean, I don't know uh, Paul Kirk from a hole in the ground. Uh, I mean, I know he's very accomplished in the in the competition scene. I don't know anything about the World Championships that. Uh, you picked the fight uh, with him about uh, whether he won him or not or, or whatever. But, I mean, he seems to be, you know, uh, a guy that could probably go in, uh, in into the Hall of Fame. I don't have any issues with that. Uh, Ed Fisher, absolutely. I mean, this guy is uh, a, a kind of a, an icon when it comes to ceramic cookers. He brought those things over from, you know, the uh, the Orient during wartime or whatever he did back in the 70s and has grown this company, uh, the Big Green Egg, into really uh, the Kleenex name of what ceramic cookers are. I mean, People say big green egg, and everybody knows what it is. So absolutely, he should be in there. And I have uh, no issue other than the fact that he took my spot this year and Stephen Reichlin being in there for a celebrity. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that has done more book-wise and TV-wise and teaching-wise. Uh, he's he's really been prolific in regards to the industry, and I think a lot of people don't know him. A lot of people know him because he, he is on PBS and he's been on television for a number of years and a lot of people have his books and they kind of know him, but I don't think he's a household name like uh, like a Bobby Flay would be. And I think he, he's kind of one of those guys that rides just on the cusp of being able to, to get pushed over. But for those three, I mean, I have no issue. Uh, you know, again, I have the issues I have with the Hall of Fame aren't necessarily with the people that are getting in. It's just kind of how it's structured. And I think we kind of agree on that. Yeah, we do. Um, but I think this was a stellar group. And, yeah, and what I absolutely. like, the Stephen, uh, I'll tell you, one of the things they said about Stephen is he sold, one of his books sold 1 million copies, over 1 million. 
uh, the How to Grill has sold over two million, and altogether he sold over five million cookbooks. Yeah, I'm not really close to that. <laughs> I mean, that is a that is an amazing accomplishment. That is a uh, uh, you know, there's nobody better than him, and he's a good guy. You know, he hung out with us and stuff. Um, absolutely belongs in there, and Ed and Paul all belong there. What I like is the diversity that we're seeing. Um, you know, is it perfect? No, but but that's a pretty diverse group. Uh, it's not. Not very competition oriented. Paul is, of course, you know, that's fine. The pitmaster category is always going to be, but Ed Fisher, that might be the first competition he's ever attended in his life. And Stephen, like you said, while he does go from time to time, yeah. certainly not his thing. You know, a lot of people would wonder, and I get a lot of emails because, you know, he's kind of a regular on this show every third Tuesday saying, you know, is he as good of a guy as he is? And I've never met him in person. I can just. I, I just know that this guy shows up for an internet show every third Tuesday and it kind of blows my mind, uh, just like, you know, you and, and some of the other guys. Um, but he's a good guy. But as far as I know, every time I've seen him, he's a good guy. Yeah. He throws beers and, and has good anecdotes and all this stuff. I didn't see him throwing any beer. And there was a, there was an ice shot drinking luge in the shape of a woman's torso. And I didn't see him in there. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine, but you never know. Maybe, maybe really late when nobody was watching, but uh, right, we're <laughs> yeah, talking that's when we were there. <laughs> yeah. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. DRBBQ.com is his website. If you want to check it out here, uh, are you going to be uh, going down to the Sam's club finals at all? Or are you just kind of gearing up for the Jack or what's up? No, I got Eggtoberfest this weekend in Atlanta. Ooh, 5,000 right. eggheads coming to party. Oh my Lord. And then I go home to Chicago for my class reunion, 40-year class reunion. High school? Week. Yeah. What? I don't no even way think that you old, go to I that. No, I, I mean, it's not that. I mean, you certainly uh, look very young, but, I mean, you don't strike me as a guy that really cares about high school reunion. I mean, you're what, you are you got to be the biggest celebrity in that class, right? Well, that's one of the weird things, probably. I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I don't know who else. Uh, you're right, though. I haven't. I went to the ten-year one, which is kind of like right after high school, yeah. and I haven't been to twenty or thirty. And I really never planned on going to this. And I just ran into some guys that kind of started talking me into it. I started feeling bad. Geez, you know, we're getting kind of old. Maybe this would be the year to go back. And you're right, though. It's totally not my thing at all. And now I'm thinking about that. I'm like, oh, you know, I hope everybody doesn't want to like take pictures with me and stuff. I just want to kind of, you know, drink with my old friends, but. So I don't know. We'll see how that is. Well, you know, it's not like it was 20 years ago where there was no social media. I'm sure everybody's going to want to get a selfie with uh, Dr. Barbecue. But uh, we can uh, we can see what that's like here uh, next month when we uh, recap your 40th high school reunion. Uh, and then I'm going to judge the Jack. Yeah. That. So what do you what's your what are your thoughts on the Jack this year? Are you excited to get down there? I know there's going to be some European teams uh, and, and there's been some really good European teams competing uh, winning over there that I think are, are probably pretty excited to get over on this side of the lake and give their hand at the uh, the Jack Daniels this year. Yeah, well, let's not forget a bunch of swines finished, I yeah. think, in the top 10 both days at the Royal. Or, no, maybe they didn't finish top 10 the second day, but they had an eighth in chicken and they yeah. had a respectable finish. They had a great day, British team. Uh, uh, yeah, the, you know, the European teams, absolutely. You know, But if any of them ever dare win, they'll be accused of cheating, so they got to be careful because that's what happened Well, before. as long as Fast Eddie isn't in the camp. <laughs> Yeah, We're Eddie, safe. Yeah. He's not allowed because he, Eddie could just win the jacket. Will we all know <laughs> yeah, that? Of course, that's it, why. It's, it's a, that's amazing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of friends over there from all <laughs> over the world. You know, it's funny for me. This I've been back in about five years, and and uh, yeah, I got I got a lot of friends there in Lynchburg. I'm really looking forward to them. But um, 
there's a lot of teams I don't know. I, as I look at the list, I just don't know those folks. I'm so not involved anymore. It really, it, it, it really disappoints me. But, you know, it, it truly is when to be careful what you wish for things. You know, it's my career now, and I got to go where the money is, and it's not always at the cookoffs. But but I had this October free, and that's why I really wanted to go to the Royal and the Jack. And I, I'm really looking forward to getting back there. When you are set to taste at the Jack, uh, do you gear your mind to – Anything other than what you think competition barbecue should taste like, because there's going to be such kind of a, a wide variance of palate experience. No, there won't be a wide variance. No, well, I don't think so. Last time I was there, I judged there four or five years ago. I was that was my first real incarnation of everything looking and tasting the same. I didn't realize how bad it had gotten. Of course, I guess when you're out of contest in the you know you're judging at Lakeland or so, you're not all the champions. At the Invitational the other day, I can't, I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe how similar the food all was. All right, was I'm, I'm asking a bad question. I mean, as far as all the other judges having experience judging, not the food you're going to be getting. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't understand. So, like, uh, it could be a, a food blogger that's going to be judging, but then you have you who's got a, you know, a well-trained competition palate. I think they try to sort those out as best they can. I haven't been back in a while. I mean, over the years, when I was cooking back in the day, I mean, it, it was not pretty. You didn't even want to look at it because uh, it was a mess. I think now they make them at least go take the class, whatever version of the class they take. And, and honestly, you know, some of those food bloggers and radio people and stuff have been judging there for years. And they judge around Tennessee and stuff now. So it's probably better than it's ever been, honestly. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, is there a place aside from the judging tent that you are going to make sure you hit when you're in Lynchburg this year? I'm really going to see my buddy, Marsha Russell. <laughs> I don't know if you know Marsha. Sure Marsha lives in Lynchburg, works at Jack Daniels. And she's a good friend of mine. I never <laughs> see her anymore. Uh, if you really want to find me that weekend, you'll probably need to look at Marsha's house. All right. And uh, next month we'll get the recap of how the Jack was, how the high school reunion was, and uh, whatever else you got to uh, close the rest of the year out. We are talking with Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy, joining me for the monthly Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Ray, as always, appreciate the time, and we will talk to you again next month. My pleasure, Greg. Take care. See you, you soon. Got, there he is, Ray Lampy. Dr. Barbecue, drbbq.com is his website. Some, one of us has to get down to the Jack Daniels coming up sooner than later. I mean, I've never been asked to judge ever. Get that big stuff out of here. Does anybody know who I am? Come on, man. I just got an email saying that the audio stream on TuneIn is bad. Is anybody on the TuneIn app or the TuneIn website? I've never had any problems with that. Check it out. Let me know. I'm going to talk to you about the Barbecue Guru, though. The longest-running sponsor of the show. This is the company that started it all when it comes to automatic pit temperature control devices. Why would you buy from any other company? Are you not familiar with how these little beauties work? I don't get into the minutiae, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe, just maybe, you're a busy working professional. Or perhaps you're constantly on the run with the kids, doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend the pit temps. I get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, or all of that. 
and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The Guru maintains that temperature you set it at. There are currently four models to choose from, so you know there's going to be one to fit your budget. For instance, the CyberQ Wi-Fi, the DigiQ DX2, that PartyQ. Oh, come on now, the PartyQ. It's a self-contained cruise control for your pit. Goes from cooker to cooker to cooker. Runs on AA batteries. Easiest point of entry when it comes to automatic pit temperature control device packages. In the market for a cooker, Onyx Oven. That's the one you want. Combinates half and full panes for food service. Works seamlessly with the Guru pit temperature control devices. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to the Barbecue Guru. The website, thebbqguru.com. And check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Uh, We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we're back. Thanks again to Ray Lampy for joining me. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you're tuning in to find the video feed, we don't have it tonight. Sorry. Something's going on. Tried to connect. It looks like it's connecting. It doesn't connect. You can go to the tunein.com slash radio slash bbq-central-radio-network or just search bbq central network or jump into the chat room here i've got the link a bunch of times here and you can at least get the audio of the show we got a huge number of people going in uh, old school as we call it if i could just do away with the video portion we'd be right back to where i love the show the best oh yeah nobody sees me i can make it sound like i'm handsome devil ask all the questions all that good stuff that's not the case though all right, we've muddled through the first hour. We had a great interview with Lauren Hill from the Smoking Hills talking about the Invitational win. We also recapped the American Royal with Ray Lampy, who was there for two of the days. If you missed one or both of those interviews as you're just locking in now, you can get that in the replay. Sign up for Audible replays on iTunes. You can go to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, for all of your archives as well. I am getting this locally on video it'll be uploaded to uh youtube yeah that's the name of the site so it's a it's a new place youtube you ever heard of it? 
I will also send it to Kevin Bevington, and he will have it up on Outdoor Cooking Channel point tomorrow as well. So we'll get the video connection thing figured out here for next week. And we'll be off and running. Got a big show for next week as well. I want to tell you one thing before we break away at the end of the first hour. The show karma still remains intact. How do you say? Well, I'm going to tell you because in the weekly barbecue roundup, you're going to hear a name. A name of a person who was on the show last week recapping his win of the San Antonio barbecue cook-off. Clarence Joseph from Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue shows up last Tuesday, does the show, knocks it out of the park, competes that same weekend summarily wins his contest of course he did come on man it's a show karma it never doesn't work you show up on the show you do good things for me in return you get to win contests think lauren hill's excited about winning the american royal invitational he's excited he's going to win the next competition he goes to that's a lot of air horns in a row sorry about that especially for the folks that hate the sound drops also, shout out to my Centralites in South Carolina getting hammered in the rain. Hope everyone's doing down there the best you can. Help out. Send water if you got places that are taking water donations, stuff like that. Man, it's, it's brutal out there. Hope everybody's doing well out there in South Carolina. All right, we're going to uh, wrap this first hour right here. I'm going to reload some libations. We'll get ready for two great interviews in the second hour. Your phone calls, your emails. It's all audible all the time. Old school show, and we love it. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hang on. This is Rennie Kanaw for ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how you doing? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh listen, Laverne, it's a shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peachy. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Boom! Yeah, that's right. Boing! Hitman! Uh, folks, this is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. 
We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here for the second hour of the show. If you missed the first hour, shame on you. Where have you been? We missed you. You can get the show on replay. For podcast stuff, I do have video recording as well. We have video connection issues probably on my side tonight. YouTube will have it in an hour or so. Kevin at Outdoor Cooking Channel will also have it tomorrow at some point when I Dropbox it to him. You can jump in on the show tonight if you want. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Still to come tonight on the show, Steve Nelson from Grills Gone Wild, Iowa. He is the American Royal Open winner. Got the invite winner. We'll have the open winner because that's how we do it here on the show. Mike McLeod from the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, also CEO and president of MMA Creative and the creator of the World Food Championships, which Lauren Hill uh, talked about in the 914 hour. The final Sam's Club barbecue series will roll into Bentonville, Arkansas this coming weekend. The final 50 teams will face off to see who will be the overall champ of 2015. The top 10 finishers will be revealed on this show in one week's time. And the Sam's Club Tour in 2016 will be ready. Hopefully, we'll get confirmation from uh, Mike McLeod here in about a half an hour or so uh, that will be ready to rock and roll again in February of 2016. One can hope. We'll see what Mike says about that. All right, let me go to albums. We're getting ready to do the weekly barbecue roundup here. And I'm tooling through my songs here. Oh, oh boy. Let me see. What's the... Okay, here we go. Let's get ready to do the latest edition of the weekly the barbecue roundup. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Come on, dance with me, everybody. Yeah, get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Everybody get up. It's the weekly barbecue roundup for September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, all that good stuff. Here we go. KCBS Hogwild Barbecue Festival in Corinth, Mississippi. Hottie Toddy Barbecue Crew with a 697.6 wins the Jim Beam Barbecue Classic in Springfield, Kentucky. Winning at Tim's Full Belly Deli with a 700.5. City of Dana Point State Barbecue Championship, Dana Point, California. Winning at Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue with a 704.5. Keystone Classic Barbecue in Harrisburg, PA. Winning it, Checkered Flag 500 Barbecue with a 675.3. Go Hog Wild Arkansas Barbecue Championship in Sheridan, Arkansas. Winning it, Fire Dancer Barbecue with a 695.9. Roast and Boast, Columbus, Mississippi. Red Eye Smokers winning with a 690.1. First Annual Hot Cues and Cold Brews Barbecue Championship in Oroville, California. Winning it, Big B's Down and Dirty Barbecue with a 691.3. Smoke and Thunder Barbecue Classic, day one. It's a GBC qualifier in Rome, Georgia. Winning at J&B's Barbecue with a 698.2. Squealing on the Square, Lawrence, South Carolina. Victory Smokers winning it with a 687.3. 36th Annual American Royal World Series of Barbecue Invitational. 
Winning at the Smoking Hills, as we talked with uh, Lauren Hill a little bit earlier in the show, with a 707.9. Wow, huge score. UMKC Royal Rue Collegiate Barbecue Competition. It's a competitor series. Kansas City, Missouri. Winning it. I don't have that. Sorry. Smoking Thunder Barbecue Classic. Day 2. GBC Qualifier. Rome, Georgia. The Pit Crew. Georgia winning it with a 701.0. 36th Annual American uh, American Royal World Series of Barbecue Open. Winning it, Grills Gone Wild, Iowa, with a 706.2. Wow, huge scores for both the invitation and the open. Hey, let's go to Texas because my man Dougie Shiding is in the house. ICBA, Keller Lions Club Barbecue in Keller, Texas. 48 teams were out there. Grand championing Grillin' Grannies. Franklin Volunteer Fire Department in Franklin, Texas. Winning that one, she thinks my slabs are sexy. Guadalupe County Fair Barbecue Cookoff. Winning it, Flying G Barbecue. Hino Palooza State Championship Barbecue, Mercedes, Texas. Winning it, Rio Valley Meat. 2015, Night in Old Converse Barbecue in Converse, Texas. Winning it, as I mentioned, Mama and Papa Gero. Karma. How about the Lone Star Barbecue Society? MDA Chillin' and Grillin' in Waco, Texas. Killa Grilla Barbecue wins that one. River City Community Church in Selma, Texas. Winning it, Kit Polk and Canned Heat having a hell of a year out there in Texas. And that will do it for your edition of the Barbecue Central Show's weekly barbecue roundup. All right. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. Now we'll see if YouTube will let me on with uh, Michael Jackson. I doubt it. And they hate when you play copywritten music. I mean, come on. I'm talking over it. It's not like I'm trying to pass it off as my own. Besides, that man's expired. Respect. And I say that with peace and love. Respect to uh, Michael Jackson for making a great song. Rock with you. I mean, are you kidding me? Are there many jams better than that? Hardly. Hardly jams better than that. What I do with my second takes? Jeez, oh, Pete. It's been a rough one. Go to my drive, go to show setup, and the second takes. There we go. Of course, then you have this story. Brought to you by the Googles. Anybody hear that Google was changing their name to the alphabet or something? What? John Dawson would know about that. Did Google really change their name to the alphabet? Or alphabet or something like that? Bizarre. Franklin Barbecue has killed the professional line waiter mini economy. Uh No! How dare they? Enough ink has been spilled about Franklin Barbecue. Much of it, I'm sorry, this is from TexasMonthly.com. Writing it is, who's writing this? Dan Solomon. Again, I continue. Enough ink has been spilled about Franklin Barbecue. Much of it by us for anybody remotely interested in smoking meats. who have made a decision. Either they love it or they're not interested in getting up early and waiting in a line for five hours to find out if they love it. A mini-economy has sprung up for Franklin O'Files, whose jobs, sleep schedules, sense of self-respect prevent them from spending hours in line. 
Line-waiting businesses, such as the one started by precocious 13-year-old Desmond and his similar business-like favor, Postmates, and the countless folks on Craigslist have made it possible for brisket lovers to get their fix and patient entrepreneurs to make some cash. Alas, those people are going to have to find other ways to make money because the prestigious joint has banned stand-ins from getting in on the business. As of Sunday, Franklin's Barbecue is just for people who wait in line themselves. A quote from Franklin's Barbecue, it's gotten out of hand and we owe it to the rest of the faithful customers to not allow this distraction, Franklin said in a messaged statement. As the amount of line holders has multiplied, the large orders have begun to bog down the line. We prefer to serve our customers in-house and not have a second party representing our food and brand. Regular customers can still have a friend join them while uh, after waiting in line, Stacy Franklin said over text. We still want our regular customers to limit the amount of joiners they have, Stacy Franklin said. Our normal customers are very conscious of this, conscious of this, but line holders continue to push the limits of what's fair for others. That's fair, end quote, by the way. That's fair, at least, at the very least. It's Aaron and Stacy's Franklin's business. They can run it however they want. If they only want to sell brisket to people who take the time to wait, that's up to them. But, of course, people are mad about it, and the anger just isn't directed towards the policy, but the very existence of Franklin's barbecue line, the people who want to wait in such line, the business whose brisket inspires the line, anybody who would dare claim that such a line is worth tackling, they have comments as well. That's at texasmonthly.com so if you're looking to make some money by waiting in line for people at franklin's barbecue no no line for you again i would love to taste that brisket i am not waiting in line for that no it's almost time folks not only is it almost time the time has passed american royal is over oh no who won who won the FEC 500 on the trailer worth over $21,000 this past Friday night at the American Royal Fast Eddie's Poker Tournament? We'll reveal that here at some point. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think countless pitmasters prefer the FEC 100 pellet cooker? Former American Royal Grand Champion Todd Johns of Plowboys considers his twin FEC 100s a member of his cooking team. They handle his fire management. He can cook by himself. Doesn't have to worry about his temperatures. They're going to be consistent. He can roll into a contest at 6 p.m. at night. Well, 6 p.m. Prep his meats and be ready to cook quickly. The FEC 100 puts you in control. So you can concentrate on your flavor profiles and making those turn-in boxes. The FEC 100 features a digital CookShack IQ5 controller that lets you set the smoke, cook, and rest time and temperatures. The heat and flavor source is 100% food-grade wood pellets. This pellet heat is controlled by a fully automated pellet system, which produces very little ash as compared to stick burners. Pellets make it easy to customize the wood flavor you want in a consistent, easy manner. If you want more deep smoke flavor, Cook Shack offers the optional smoke enhancer that can also be added to the FEC 100 if you so choose. Do you need additional information about Cook Shack or Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack products? Call one of the sales professionals, dare I say friendly sales professionals, at Cook Shack 800 800- Four two three zero six nine eight. That's eight hundred four two three zero six nine eight. You can also check out websites that they have to include 
cookshack.com, obviously, or pellet cooker, singular pelletcooker.com. Either of those will give you uh, information on the Fast Eddie cookers and the Cook Shack products, or you can again call them 800 46, uh, I'm sorry, 800 423 0698. Thanks again to the good folks over at Cook Shack for sponsoring the show, having a American Royal turnout as well. Fast Eddie is down at a food show. I believe it's either in Tampa or Orlando. So get down there. See him. They got deals going on aplenty. You like deals, right? Of course. The open winner to join me next. Grills Gone Wild Iowa. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. That's right. Oh, Chris Becker giving you some of the best pellets out there right now. Hoofa. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. We are not voiding any warranties here, folks, so don't fall for it from anybody. Use Cookin' Pellets Cookers Pellets to fire your pellet-driven cookers. You can buy them at cookinpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well, or again, the main website, cookinpellets.com. Longtime sponsor of this show. And again, some of the best pellets you can get out there right now when it comes to pellet-fired cookers. Uh, We talked with the invitational winner of the American Royal about an hour ago. We move ahead an hour and find us talking to the American Royal Open winner. We head to the hotline and welcome in Grills Gone Wild Iowa pitmaster Steve Nelson joining us here on the show. Steve, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Steve. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight, and I can only imagine as uh, it's probably been a little bit of a whirlwind for uh, you and the team out there. And, uh, you know, typically I would say, hey, let's take a step back here and see how you got into the whole competition barbecue scene. But I I am embarrassed a little bit to say that I'm going to show my ass here. I have had your son, Scott Nelson, on this show any number of times for pigskin barbecue. I had no idea that you guys were like barbecue family. Holy shit. How, how Do you guys get into it at the same time? Were you in it first? Did he get you into it? What's this whole dynamic like? No, actually, how this started out is I was like a backyard barbecue guru all my life, and, and about nine years ago I decided to enter a contest, and uh, there was – 21 teams and I finished 17th and I realized, Hey, I'm not quite as good as I thought I was. But then, uh, we, we started talking to Scott and we, Scott got interested in it. And then the following year we did a, we did two or three together and, uh, I just kind of got addicting and we enjoyed the hobby and it's like camping with a hobby. And we, it's just kind of went on from there. So that's how we kind of got into it just by accident, really, but we really enjoyed it. Had a great time doing it. Enjoy Enjoy the fellowship and everything, and it's just been fantastic. So we kind of got Scott into it, to be honest with you. A lot of people think he started, and then he got me into it, but it was actually the other way around. 
I got to tell you, and, and I would imagine you'll be able to appreciate this because he's your son. As somebody who has interviewed Scott a number of times and I've actually uh, met him in person out at the very first uh, Kingsford Invitational out there in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, and uh, to, and, and met the, your, your grandsons. And man, what a fantastic father and uh, and husband is, is this Scott Nelson guy. And, uh, you know, I can only imagine he had some great role models uh, to, to become that person. So, uh, you know, I thank you for producing him. I mean, he's, he's a great interview, but I mean, he seems to be a, a great person as well. So congratulations yeah, I, on him. I kind of wonder sometimes where he gets all his energy, but Miss <laughs> got it from his mother. <laughs> well, so let's go ahead and uh, and take a look back at this past weekend, Steve, if, if we could, uh, you know, there's the invitational, there is the, the open portion. So, I mean, two different contests in, in, in a number of different ways. Uh, the Invitational obviously is, is something in its own right. Everybody that's going to be competing there has won in order to get in. you got 187 winners there. Uh, you know, when you load in, what's the mindset there? Is it to, to have the best finish possible? Is it just to go there and, and kick everybody's ass? Uh, what's it like there for the Invitational side? Um, we kind of went into this with, uh, we did the Sam's club back in April. We went out to Fort Collins and we went on to uh, Las Vegas and we made it through the Sam's club finals. And, and, um, my, my intention earlier this spring wasn't to do the Royal because I'm just not a big fan of doing doubles. I mean, it is a lot of work and it's a lot of expense. And then I decided in June that we were going to do it. And, uh, I just went in there with the frame of mind that I'm just going to try to do the best cook I can and, and, you know, put, turn it in and hopefully everything turns out great. And, uh, I thought we cooked in the invitational. I thought our cook was really good. And I think we finished 50 something. I don't remember exactly what it was 57th or something like that, but and then I kind of took a step back and I was a little bit disappointed and I said, well, I'm really going to just put forth an effort and just, you know, really hopefully put out a great product for the open. And when we turned it in, I knew I had a solid cook. I just didn't know what that field of competition I was going to turn out. So I was totally very, very happy with the results. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm kind of like... I don't know if it's all sunken or so. I don't know if it's absorbed it all yet, but yeah, we were really happy with our cook. And I knew the ribs were solid. I knew the pork was solid and I thought our chicken was solid. I just, uh, I felt chicken and pork were my best categories, but I always try to guess what the judges are going to do and I end up being wrong. So, you know, there it is. Two perfect scores though, right? Yes, we did. Wow. Uh, we had some friends from Chicago, Mike and Joel, and they've been helping us a little bit this year. We enjoy having them with us, and uh, it was kind of amazing because uh, Mike and Joel did our turn-ins for us, and then Kath and I were working in the trailer, and he came back and said, well, Steve, I hate carriers, but I think we're on uh, Darren's table. I have a Smokey D's, and I said, oh, my God, really? He goes, yeah, and then I uh, thought, <laughs> well, I guess I'm not going to win whips, but Darren ended up getting a perfect score for second. We got a perfect score for first, so I was just ecstatic about it. It was just amazing. When when you're doing the invitational side and then you're switching over to the open, as you said, you know you were really going to focus on putting out uh, a really good product. Does that take into account that you're doing any kind of drastic flavor profile changes or anything like that, or is it just more of a of a timing and temp thing? What's the 
you know, what's the mindset? Well, I was more, you know, um, we've been using all uh, Big Popper's rubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great, great endorser of us. We love his products. And I added another product to my ribs. And I we changed our uh, presentation box on ribs. And uh, Kath and I had been talking about our pork box. And she said, well, she wanted to change it to this. And I was kind of like, I don't think we should. And, and then Mike and Joel and, and Kathy kind of overruled me. And we ended up doing the presentation box on the pork and we got done and I said, Oh my God, that's just absolutely fantastic. And we turned it in and it, you know, first place, perfect, perfect in pork. So I guess they uh, overruled me <laughs> in a good way, I guess. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was really thrilling. I, uh, sometimes it really helps to have a second or third opinion on there on what you're doing and kind of, step back and take a look at it and don't get caught in doing certain things one way and changing, you know, changing up a little bit what here and there. And it really helps. You know, a lot of people say that the invitational, a lot of pitmasters say that, you know, the invitational is one that, you know, they really seem dialed in for and, and have a specific game plan. Not that they don't for the open, but because you are going from, you know, almost 200 to almost 650 or, you know, whatever the uh, open portion is going to be, uh, that 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 one seems to be a little bit more of a crapshoot, so it seems a bit harder to to rise above the rest just due to sheer mass. Uh, do you have a, a similar feeling to that, or do you still believe that if you put out something better than the rest, uh, it's just as easy a road to get to the top of the open as it is the Invitational? I think uh, you know we go we go into every contest and we're we're trying to put out the best products we can. I mean, we just we don't really look focus on the open versus the invitational. When I went into the frame of mind, I was going to try to have the best meat, the best rubs, uh, the best cook, and just uh, put it out there and see what happens. And that's kind of, I didn't really have a different frame of mind for either category, but I turned in from the open and I, you know, we didn't get a call on the invitational and I was doing the open and I told my wife, I said, God, I hope we just get at least one or two top 20 calls. And that's what my frame of mind was. And then we get the the 180 first place ribs and pork. And I was just like kind of in shock. I was kind of taken back. I just really didn't think that, uh, you know, with all the competition out there that that was going to happen. But I was really, I I thought, I I thought we were right there with everything. It, It was just spot on and we let everybody sample it and said, yeah, that's it. And that's what we went with. So. Steve Nelson joining us here on the show. Grills Gone Wild, Iowa, uh, the open winners of the American Royal portion this year. Uh, Steve, when it comes to getting two, not only two calls, but two perfect uh, calls for two different categories, as they're starting to call the overall names, uh, do you still give credence to the fact to a large degree that you have a really good shot at pulling this off or there are just so many teams that, you know, the other ones, uh, you know, could be an issue in, in getting you over the top? Well, when we turned in chicken, I really felt confident that we were a top 20 in chicken. I really felt it was that good. And then we didn't get a call, and I was a little bit taken back by that. And then we went into ribs, and, 
you know, Darren got the second place call and then we got the first place call. And then I really felt confident and I went back and I was really excited. And I told Kathy, I said, God, all I need to do is get one top 20 in pork or brisket. And I said, we have a chance to win it. And I said, uh, um, then we got the call on pork and then I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, what did I do in chicken? Did I bomb in chicken or did I bomb in brisket? And I'm like, you know, you're just sitting on the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen with that many teams in there. And so we were very thrilled with the results. I can, I assure you that, uh, like I said, it probably hasn't all sunken in yet because we've been prepping for the uh, Sam's club final this weekend. I was trimming chicken and or trimming meat in the trailer all day. And I really didn't focus too much on the open. I said, I got to kind of just step back forget about it for right now and focus on this coming weekend. And I suppose when we get home next week, it'll probably, probably all start coming back to me what all happened. But yeah, it was a fantastic weekend in Kansas city for sure. Safe to say that the open win is biggest one of the career at this point. You know, a lot of people say, and I go back to 2011, our first grand champion, everybody says that's the first one, the most memorable one to you. And I can still remember that we won 2011. We won uh, Canterbury park in Shakopee, Minnesota. And that was like the most emotional win I've ever had in my life because we started nine years ago and you get your first GC, you're just ecstatic. Like, you know, things are coming together. And then, um, this one here is just as amazing, probably more amazing, but, um, yeah, I, I can't, I'm, I'm still kind of in shock. I just wasn't, I didn't really know, you know, I, I thought I had a good product, but you just never know what's going to happen, what the judges are going to judge it at, but we were super thrilled. Steve Nelson from Grills Gone Wild, Iowa, joining me here on the show, talking about the American Royal Open win this past weekend. Uh, Steve, do, do, is there any talking, any barbs being traded, any type of camaraderie that's happening during the competition portion between you and Scott, or do you guys kind of stay away from each other? Well, no, no. We uh, we were just, it was Ryan from Big T's, and Scott and I had kind of a little corner there, and we just kind of, you know, it's a lot of fellowship, and we talk back and forth, and but uh, we don't really discuss anything about what we're doing or how we're doing it. And, uh, you know, if I have a question, ask Scott, he'll give me an honest answer. And if he has a question, I'll give him an honest answer. But we, I really don't know what he's doing. He probably doesn't know exactly what I'm doing. I don't want to, like, think Scott's doing. He doesn't want to do what I'm doing. And, and uh, it's uh, kind of a fellowship, kind of friendship thing, you know, and uh, – when Scott started, he was a lot more successful than I was to start out. You know, we started winning back in 2011, 12, and 13, and I was kind of the low and slow guy. And I decided at the end of uh, 2013 that I was going to go start cooking hot and fast. I got tired of getting up in the middle of the night, checking the smoker, and, you know, everybody's kind of switching this hot and fast theory. And so 2014, I was like uh, – kind of a learning experience for me and I wasn't, you know, I was doing well, but I just wasn't winning. And then the end of 2014, I was a little bit down about my results and everything. And I kind of went away with uh, last fall, deciding that I was just going to reorganize myself and 
become more detailed, keep better notes, keep better organized, write down a better schedule and um, just kind of figure it out. And I came away in June uh, feeling a lot better about my cooks. Uh, things were going better. And uh, I just finally got got the hot and theory or hot and fast theory down a lot better. And I'm just really happy right now at this point. Steve, as you look ahead, as you said, you're kind of trying to pack this one away and, and focus for the uh, Sam's Club National Final coming up this weekend. I mean, is there any kind of momentum that you can bring from the American Royal Open into this coming weekend in Bentonville? Or is it, you know, they're, they're just two completely different things. You're going to be cooking again against, you know, 50 teams or 49 other teams that have, you know, advanced through a local final and now advanced through a regional final here to, to get to Bentonville. Any momentum you can swing over to this weekend? Oh, I, I sure feel that there is. I just feel so much more confident after doing the Royal coming in this weekend. You know, I was trimming my meat today. I feel the meat is quality. I, I feel really good about what I'm going in with. I feel a lot of confidence in the cook, the way I was cooking at the Royal, and I'm hoping I feel a real lot of confidence that everything will carry over and uh, into the Bentonville, and so I'm I'm really confident about that. Not to tell you anything you probably don't already know, but uh, there was a team a few years ago that uh, did very well at the American Royal and uh, summarily went back and also won the Sam's Club National Final. A little team called uh, Tippy Canoe Barbecue Crew from Iowa. Oh, yes. Yeah, so wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't be a bad thing to kind of start repeating that, right? Right. Like, yeah, that would, be, that would be a lot of fun. I just, you know, today I was... You know, Sunday night, kind of absorbing the whole thing that happened to us and, and enjoying the moment. And we went to the, went and got him room. And I was got up and we're in uh, RV campground now. And I was working on a meet today. And I said, I have to put the Royal out of my mind. I have to focus on Bentonville. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not even thinking about what happened last week at this point. And I'm just thinking, about this weekend right now and I and I just want to have a solid cook and do the best I can and hopefully get the best results and I know the competition down there there's a really good teams and and it'll be kind of be a, a good mark measuring stick for me to see where I'm at in my you know in my competition lifestyle and field and see how everything turns out. Steve what are you guys cooking on? Well we've <laughs> that's a good I've been uh um, this might be a, um, I have a Metal Creek TS-250, which I got from uh, Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers. And I started cooking on that, and I went from low and slow and hot and fast. I've been cooking, I started cooking on it a couple years ago, but this year we cooked on the Metal Creek more than we did out of the trailer. And we're coming down the Royal, we're going to do the Sam's Club finals. And my wife and I were talking, I said, God, it'd really be nice to have that trailer instead of this the Meadow Creek. So we decided we're going to cook on the trailer. So I'm actually on my trailer, which I've had for several years, I got a backwoods competitor and I'm cooking on two, uh, Hunsecker, uh, drum smokers. That's the same thing I cooked in the Royal. I did a lot of practicing at home. I really focused in on my time frame, um, and, and try to get the smokers dialed in. I was really happy with it. 
And I said, well, I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. And that's what I did at the Royal. So I was thinking about having a friend bring the Meadow Creek down and I'd pull the trailer down and I decided, no, I didn't want to do that. So I decided we're, so we're doing, that's we're cooking on two drums and the backwoods. So he is on a roll right now. Steve Nelson grills gone wild. Iowa won the American Royal open and is now uh, going down to try his hand at winning the national finals at the Sam's club, uh, national barbecue series, Steve, congratulations again on winning the open. Good luck this coming weekend. And thanks so much for coming on tonight, man. Hey, thank you very much. You got it. There he is. Steve Nelson grills gone wild. Iowa for those that are keeping track. Scott Nelson's dad, by the way, Scotty, shout out. So congratulations to him. It's always great to see teams that feel like they, they, eh, maybe they just didn't do it in the invitational. They make the notes, they make the adjustments and then can go out in a 600 team field plus and take overall championships. So uh, very cool. Congratulations to Steve. On the open side of this past weekend's American Royal. Anybody go to the Big and Rich concert? How good was uh, Big and Rich? I love Big and Rich. Oh, it's some of my favorites. I don't know. I just I just love Big and Rich. They're my favorite. It's like smiling. I don't know. I just smile. It's my favorite. Stepping up your barbecue and grilling game has never been easier because you can do it easily with Butcher's Barbecue. ButcherBBQ.com. By the way, shout out to Dave for a spectacular weekend as well. He had some great finishes. We all know Butcher's well-known for the injection, the pork, the beef, the prime injection, the bird booster, the grilling oils. Yeah, that's right. You can get it all at ButcherBBQ.com. They have the go-to rubs, the go-to sauces, the honey rub, the uh, sweet barbecue sauce. I think we know by when it comes to barbecue sauce, there isn't anybody more picky than me. I will hammer a sauce. Because let's face it, a lot of it is the same old kind of crap. It's kind of thick. It's kind of really dark. It kind of smells a little or a lot like liquid smoke. It might say it has this kind of flavor or that kind of flavor, but it's all lies. Lies, I tell you. Not Dave's sauce. He took the time to make a quality sauce. Didn't take the easy way out like most do by adding that devil's urine, better known as liquid smoke. So buy a box of six when it comes to the sauce. It's going to go quick. Don't worry about breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Items totaling up to $55 ship at $8.50. Between $55 and $200 ship at $9.75. Anything over $200 is free. So I implore you, buy over $200 worth of stuff and save on that shipping. Don't forget, once you're there, once you've stocked up on the sauces and the rubs and the injections, don't forget the grilling oils. Get the grilling oils, all of them. Work to replace competition folks especially. Work to replace the parquet crap, the blue bottle nightmare. Get the grilling oils. They're shelf stable. You don't have to worry about refrigerating it or anything like that. Just keep it right out there on the shelf. You'll cook with it all the time. They're wonderful. I love them. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com right now and stock up. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue, always trust your butcher. All right, we are back 
with Mike McLeod of MMA Creative, World Food Championships, and the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hang on. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This portion of the show is being brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers out there on the market today. You can use it with your iOS or Android device. You can get your grilling temps from up to 150 feet away. This month only, receive 15% off a iGrill Pitmaster set with code CENTRAL, complete with an iGrill 2, Pro Ambient Temperature Probe, Pro Meat Probe, and Barbecue Sauce by award-winning team Smokin' Hogs Barbecue. It's the ultimate pitmaster's dream. Shop at iDevicesInc.com. Again, that's 15% off when you use promo code CENTRAL. You can get the complete, uh, the pitmaster's dream uh, pack. Oh, come on. Such a pain in the butt. Telling you. Again, uh, receive 15% off the iGrill pitmaster set with promo code CENTRAL. Everybody loves a deal. You can shop at iDevicesInc.com. All right, helping me close the show tonight is one of the folks who was instrumental uh, for all these years in getting the Sam's Club Barbecue Tour underway. Also, creator of the World Food Championship, which will be held a little bit later this year in Kissimmee, Florida. But we are talking about this impending Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour final. going to be held in Bentonville, Arkansas this coming weekend. Friend of the show, Mike McLeod, joins us here. Mike, how are you, buddy? Greg, I'm great. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Mike. Always appreciate the time you make for the show here. And, uh, you know, we had a really big weekend this past. Uh, you had the American Royal. as uh, You were out there, right, for a little bit? I was for about uh, half, the, half the time, and I uh, had to scoot off over to Texas for another deal. But, um, yeah, it was. I thought it was a great um, development this year to be out at the stadiums and gave it a lot of room for growth and, the team seemed to enjoy it, and from um, what I could tell, uh, the first evening there, it was great attendance. I don't know what happened the second evening, but uh, everyone's always happy to be a part of that, and I think they pulled off a, um, a successful move to a new venue. Yeah, that uh, was going to be kind of a, a lead-in question for you on there. As somebody who is uh, very responsible, and whether it's the Sam's Club or the World Food Championships, uh, you're obviously uh, well-versed at the fact of, you know, nobody knows better than you switching venues from Vegas, you know, down to Florida. So you have a a storied competition where it's been for years and years and years, uh, now going to Arrowhead Stadium. Um, do you think that there's a lot of thought into having to make that decision to, to move venues, or do you think because it's going to be open logistically, it's going to be a little bit better? Sure, there's going to be a little blowback, but... Uh, a little bit of that is going to be, you know, something that's easily overcome when everybody gets out to the new facility and sees what they got going. I can't imagine how much mental hemorrhaging was was uh, <laughs> leveraged during that process. Um, just dealing with what we're dealing with, moving um, 
from from one city to the next, but also only being around for four years, that's one thing, but being around for as long as the Royal has and then making that big decision uh, to go to that venue, I, I'm sure the, there were countless meetings and then countless uh, logistical planning issues, uh, hurdles, obstacles, challenges, victories uh, along the way as they moved into it. Uh, the good news for them and that situation is that the Royal um, picked a spot where where Kansas City goes for fun. You know, they, they had Arrowhead Stadium, they had a baseball stadium there, so it's a perfect venue to set up for a big event with all the parking they had, the infrastructure that they had. Um, that's probably where, obviously, I spent a lot of time catching up with friends and, and um, touching base with clients and stuff while I was there, but um, I spent a lot of time walking around just looking at the infrastructure um, uh, challenge and the network that they had in place because I'm always mesmerized um, when something like that comes together, knowing what it takes to do what we do. Mike, do you have any thoughts or takes on how the Hall of Fame is set up right now? You know, I don't. Um, and and is that bad? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't make any bones about it. I, I've I've learned there are some issues or some politics that you just don't get into. And uh, uh, I remember you asking me a couple of years ago when there was a ranking, and I didn't make the ranking. Um, you know, I just, I, I just, there, when I, when it's out of my control, I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. I, it would drive me crazy if I did. So I'm not involved in the process there and I, I have no position of critiquing them on what, uh, what methods they use. Is it something that you think could be, I'm not asking for any, for answers or any, uh, speculation, I guess, but I mean, is it something that you think over time might grow or do you think it, it still is kind of going to be a little bit of a, a quagmire going forward here over at least the next handful of years? I think the concept, uh, and I don't know what quagmire you're talking about, but, um, and I probably should, but, um, I, I, the concept is a great one and I, I, I think it's well-deserved, um, as far as a, a, a stakeholder position. Now, who gets put in there and what, is, what are the politics behind it? Uh, that's someone else's um, pay grade. That's, that's above my pay grade. But um, uh, I hope it is successful, and I hope um, it, it becomes something that people are very proud of and very um, uh, eager to go see. Uh, Mike, we have the Sam's Club National Finals coming up in Bentonville, Arkansas this weekend. As someone who obviously has a, a fairly large vested interest in seeing the success of this tour each and every year over the last uh, handful of years, uh, you know, we're setting up to be, you know, what I consider to be one of the the most competitive ones in recent memory. We got a lot of great teams in there, uh, a lot of hot teams going in this year. Uh, how are you seeing it from uh, both the the competitive side and the business side? Uh, I think uh, on both sides we're in great shape operationally. We're uh, we're ready. Uh, Sam's Club is ready. They are, as I had mentioned numerous times, they are a fantastic partner. Uh, they are planning some some wonderful new uh, little uh, I'm not call them surprises, but just new little features. And um, we're very very eager to see it come together. As far as the competition, my goodness, you've got six of the top ten teams in KCS points race right now competing this weekend. You've got uh, three or four uh, teams that have actually uh, won this thing or or come uh, in second. Uh, over the last four or five years, so it, it's going to be a, uh, first of all, a absolute treat for the judges, for which I will be <laughs> near the grazing table often. 
uh, and it's going to be high stakes uh, competition for the teams because uh, this this is this is the real deal. This is fifty of the best teams in America and uh, six of the top ten in the points race. So there, there's <laughs> you can't let your guard down this weekend. You've got to have have your A game. Uh, from a business perspective, and I'm sure you're getting a, a fairly constant run of uh, feedback back from Sam's. Uh, are they uh, happy with the way things have turned out this year, or is that something that's saved for after the the finals when you kind of do like a a debrief on the season? They're they're as ex- as excited as I've ever seen them at this moment, um, and they're very um, they're always uh, just happy to see this this culmination at their headquarters. They they treat all of their associates uh, to to a barbecue day, and and then they open it up to the public. Uh, we'll have some great entertainment there. Holly Williams is going to headline about three or four shows for us, and it's going to be a, a great acoustical set. She's granddaughter of Hank Williams, and um, so we're we're excited about that. Sam's excited about it. Uh, we will, as always, as any business does, we will um, assess uh, the results of, of the whole tour, um, probably in about within 30 days, and look at uh, how it can be tweaked, how it can be improved. We have a COE process, which is a correction of errors process that we go with uh, go through with SAMS every year. And um, I, I fully believe that uh, we're in good shape for, for it to come back next year. I can't, I can't make that call myself, but um, I'll certainly be in there advocating for it and putting forth uh, the best KCBS barbecue foot that I can to make sure it happens. Can you can you never assume? And you know, I'm a business guy, so I mean, I'm I'm trained to never assume, but. Because there's been so many Sam's Club Series uh, tours over the last, I mean, is it five years now or, or six years that it's been running? This is the fifth one. Yeah, fifth if year. I, if my math is correct. I, we we run several tours, so I'm I might be getting it uh, mixed up. So so but, at five uh, years, I mean, you you have a track record. It's obviously gaining popularity. This is probably the most popular. You you say that they're as excited as they've ever been, uh, especially for this season. Is there a point where you can kind of think that it's just going to be kind of a, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do it next year, or is it always uh, a little bit of a, a trepid step? Uh, this is kind of a critical uh, moment. You know, they I, they looked at this from a three- to five-year uh, game plan in the beginning, mm-hmm. and um, but still took that, that annual assessment of it. We, we They are professionals, they are business people, and it uh, it is – it does not go without scrutiny, and we cannot ever rest on our laurels. We have to make sure that we improve it, uh, that operationally we make it better, and that strategically it, it fits their needs each and every year. So you can never take it for granted, and I never will. Um, but uh, I, I believe, based on everything I'm hearing and seeing and, and um, things that I know on the back end of the equation, that it, it has a good future ahead of it. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. We're talking about the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour culminating this coming weekend in Bentonville, Arkansas. Also the uh, president and CEO of MMA Creative. Uh, Mike, let me ask you one more question here before I turn you loose tonight and appreciate the time. Uh, World Food Championships obviously coming up uh, sooner than later as well. Uh, How are things looking for uh, the inaugural World Food Championships in Kissimmee, Florida? I've never seen more excitement. Uh, the, The Teams, the team number count is up. The interest is up. The media 
Um, interest is up. We we have great partners assessing and surrounding us and, and joining the fight in Florida. Uh, for the first time, we're going to be in a community-esque uh, type environment instead of a, a loud, crazy environment that we were that, that provided so much excitement in, in Vegas. So there's a there's a whole different uh, flip and mentality from that perspective. But um, you know, operationally, we're we're in what I call the red zone. Uh, we're we got to punch it in right now. We've worked all year to get to this point. Uh, we are um, we got four downs to score, and every every single play, every single second on the clock matters. And uh, I wouldn't have any other way because that's what food sports all about. So the whole entire World Food Championships platform is trying to underscore that um, uh, if you're going to be passionate about something, it's going to be great at something, then you you've got to make it happen. And that's what we're, we're focusing on right now. Do you have a, an idea of, of what the financial benefit to Kissimmee is for having a, a World Food Championships in their city? We, we won't know the full number until we have the all the teams and all the judges loaded in. We're, we're doing a, a really good financial assessment afterwards and during through surveying uh, of all of our participants. But uh, And then obviously we can see what the attendance numbers are like. But I know personally uh, they're going to benefit from about a million dollar investment that we're making, and then uh, there's probably going to be a, easily a um, uh, four to six million dollar impact uh, when you oh. factor in expenditures. So it's it's um, it's going to be sizable. And from a media impression, we get this, Brad. You'll appreciate this as a media guy. We've already generated 1.2 billion media impressions this year and that's before the last 30 days of going into the championship and everyone being there so from a media value uh burrell's uh, which we use to monitor the stuff has already put about a 15 million dollar value on the world championships uh franchise for this year so um it's going to be huge for florida we we're excited to bring it there we're excited to see what happens and uh we think it's uh it's primed just like sam series uh for great things ahead Mike McLeod is the president and CEO of MMA Creative. He looking at the Sam's Club National Finals culminating this coming weekend and obviously World Food Championships coming up after that soon. Uh, so, Mike, we'll have you on again before uh, World Food Championships to hype it up a little bit more, but always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on. So do I. Thanks a lot, Greg. Have a good night. You got it. There he is. Mike McLeod, ladies and gentlemen, talking about Sam's Club coming up and obviously the World Food Championships. Who's in Who's in the World Food Championships right now in the chat room? Would love to see how many people are going to be making that run. Any thoughts on it going to Kissimmee, Florida versus Las Vegas? Everybody uh, more happy about getting going down there versus going out to Sin City? Are you a little disappointed that you're not going to be able to go to your favorite strip clubs? I mean, your favorite haunts? Restaurants, bars, and uh, game casinos, stuff like this. As Mike said, this is a little bit more of a community-esque atmosphere than it would be normally as it has been in the last couple years out in Las Vegas. So uh, looking forward to seeing the culmination of both of those. Sam's Club this coming weekend again, and the World Food Championships a little bit later in the year as well. Thanks again to Mike McLeod for coming out. Always enjoy talking with him. Folks, Sucklebusters is the way to go. 
Award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, chili kits, and the Texas gunpowder. Preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, folks. Products have won hundreds of industry awards. A lot of wins at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. New from Suckle Busters, the Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. We've been talking about it for months now on the show. If you haven't tried it, folks, oh my God. You're doing yourself and your family a disservice. Based on Suckle Busters' award-winning honey barbecue sauce, this is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. It's super sweet. Not spicy. No, no. But it is super red because they use a special American paprika for that bright red color. Here's how you use it. Brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat, also adding an extra layer of flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken, as they say, to a whole nother level. Take it to a whole nother level of the game. With Suckle Busters, award-winning honey, I'm sorry, uh, honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. Here's where you get it, sucklebusters.com. You can also email sales at sucklebusters.com. You can check out your local barbecue store or, again, online at sucklebusters.com. It's great. If you want to win a free bottle, or at least try to, shoot me an email. And in the subject line, put honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. Honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. You can win yourself a free bottle. It's just that easy. We're going to wrap up the show coming up out of this break. You want to jump in? 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hang on. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Email. It sucks for the West Coast and Western Canada teams. No way I could or would drive to Florida. It was a big F.U. to the West Coast. Oh, my. I don't have a name on that email. Other than did I see? Did I see? Weighing in on the move from Las Vegas to Kissimmee, Florida in regards to the World Food Championship. So there you go. That guy thinking a big F you to the West Coast and uh, Western Canada teams. Hate to see that. Thanks again to Mike McLeod for coming on this past segment and talking about the Sam's Club series. If you uh, want to get down, we'll do a little friendly betting. 
you think you know who's going to win the Sam's Club, uh, email me during the course of the week and call your shot. We'll see who is indeed the best guesser. Because as Mike said, there are a tremendous amount of top teams that are going to be out there, both KCBS, FBA. I'm sure Texas teams are going to be up there. You got the American Royal Open winner that's going to be up there as well. So it's going to be crazy. People shooting for the top, folks. People shooting for the top. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we had Lauren Hill from the Smoking Hills, the American Royal Invitational winner, recapping that event. At 9.35, we talked with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. He weighed in on his take of the American Royal this past weekend, looking at it from a visitor's slash judge's perspective. At 10.15, we talked with uh, Steve Nelson, Grills Gone Wild, Iowa. Getting his son Scott Nelson in, not the other way around, as many think. Nay, not that way. He was the American Royal uh, Open winner this past week. He's going to be going down to Sam's Cup this weekend, trying to make two contests in a row and bringing back the Sam's Club crown to Iowa, if he can so conquer that feat. And at 1035, we talked with Mike McLeod, MMA Creative CEO and President, Sam's Club National Series guy and also the creator of the World Food Championships. Great show next week. Uh, we look to have the winner of the Sample Barbecue Series on this show recapping that event. Meathead Goldwyn will be in as well as a host of others. September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.